This podcast represents the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick, Dr. Stefan de Graff, and the guests. It should not be taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Jammerate meeting with Adam Adam Silver. Therapies something to that to that to that effect. Therapies concluded. He will be back in eight, in eight, in eight games, whatever. So I'm like, what kind of therapy happens in in a week? But it does sound like he went to Florida, got treatment, and it's done. <laughs> we don't we don't want to be cynical about this, but there's the, how can you not be? Right. I mean, he, he, okay, he's not saying it, but if you want to be analytical, he's saying indirectly that if the video had not been public, I would have not have gone to therapy. Oh, crap, the video's out. I have therapy now. You know, so I, 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 I don't know. It comes across that way, doesn't it? I was going to actually start this episode pointing out that we're recording on Mother's Day evening and that I came across a poll that 58% of mothers on Mother's Day want just free time and want to be actually to just drop everything and just not want to do anything on Mother's Day. And Wait, so they don't want flowers? They don't want being cooked for? No, no, no. They just, bed. like, what do you want to do on Mother's Day? And they, they just want to do nothing and they just want free time. And Basically, the irony, you're saying... The irony of that for for me is that they're so burned out on the other 364 days of being a mother that on the one day of the year that they're actually celebrated for doing all of those things that they do on those other 364 days, that they don't want to do any behaviors that make them the person that they are being celebrated for on that one day. Yeah, that's uh, the irony. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you. Ironically, on Mother's Day, mothers don't want to be mothers. You know, that, that's I mean, exactly you know, right. right. You know, facetious way of saying it, and and it makes sense because what 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 do people do, right? On Mother's Day, they they tell mom, "Don't do anything. Sit tight. We're cooking." That's you right. Know, you get flowers. So on Mother's know, Day, with, with the, the day we celebrate mom, don't be a mom because you're so burned out from being a mom every other right. day. Right. right. Put your feet right. up. Put your feet up. Don't worry about right. laundry, about cooking, about, about right. the kids. So, Everything's going to be all right. Oh, not so, all right. <laughs> so we were going to talk about that for five minutes, but then John Morant <laughs> had to go. Oh, boy. Don't get me started, man. And post another Instagram live video with him <sighs> and a gun after we, I mean, a few weeks ago, just did an entire, literally the entire episode was on him and nothing else. We usually have two segments in our in a podcast. We had an entire podcast on him and his mental health. And that clip that you just right. heard at the beginning of this was a couple of clips from that episode of us talking about the interview he did 
with Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. And so I know you've got something to say about this, so I'm just going to let you cook. Right. You you go ahead and cook. I'm going to go stop me because I'm going to go really, really deep down in the rabbit hole. Okay, so <laughs> put me on a timer. No, 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 Listen, no, no. You go. You, you cook. You go. You <laughs> you guys you guys don't see me. I'm a black man in America, right? And, you know, if you were to go, I might have a, I might have had a different stance with Jamoran. I might have been a little bit critical, but I might not have been a little bit understanding. You know, I think I may have said, He's young. He's gonna grow. That's mostly the the popular um, defense that he he was having last week. But parenthesis, I just came back from a conference at shout out to Morehouse uh, School of Medicine, um, which is you know one of the historically black uh, college in America, where we, we were a concentration of black people and excellence is black people, right? People that did well for the community, people that that are trying to be leaders and and be role models for the for the for the, for the black um, folks in, in America. The positive about, about that, that, you know, about our people. And here I am coming back home and checking my phone and saying, you know, somebody who could say is a prominent figure in America, a prominent black figure in America, doing the same, I don't know, BS that he's been doing that, you know, for the past year and what he got cut up for, 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 uh, you know, um, a few weeks ago, a few months ago. So my beef is that it's just, infuriating it's you know demoralizing that there's so many folks out there trying to do well trying to put a good example trying to uplift the black people and trying to put the best you know example forward you know not that we we, we should have but we're doing it right and then people like like john moran just trash it just does, doesn't even care about it right he doesn't even care he had a, a stunt about mental health that he was going to go to counseling in florida but this is all bs you know you just it just for him, it looks like it's so trivial. For him, it looks like it's so unimportant to be a role model for the for the youth, for the for the black youth, right? He just look like he's got his bag, he's got his money, and nothing else matters. Like he doesn't care about his legacy, doesn't care about the example he's, he's setting forth. So my 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 anger right now is that there's so little of us doing right things in the light shining on, right? It's so hard to find good publicity for people that are doing great things. But the, the threshold for the bad things that superstars, celebrities, and black communities are doing is so low. So you know you have the spotlight on you. Why are you making it hard for your people to advance or for people to, to actually be uplifted? You know, so it's, it might be unfair that a, a whole population be characterized by as thug because one guy did something stupid and it's totally unfair. But at the same time, why would you put yourself in that position? Why would you give that, you know, why would you throw that bone to the people that, that criticize our people, right? Why would make it so easier for them? And to me, it's just infuriating. You have a position of power to put forth good in, in us, right, black people. Why are you just trashing them? And that, that's my rant. But I just want to go say something I, I, I regret later. But it's, to me, just infuriating as a black person. When I read it, I was so furious. You know, I felt like he was... Pulling everybody down. You know, he, he was pulling everybody's doing something great. He's pulling him down. Like, dude, you, we can't have you on, on, on the news on CNN or, or, or Fox News or ESPN flashing guns, you know? We can't have that. We can't have that because that's going to be what people use to, you know, further trash us. You know, so you're just, you're just demoralizing, man. Forget about the mental health part. You know, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a, a, a seat. I'm going to pass this, this, you know, this turn, I'm not going to talk about mental health about, about Jamarin. He had that opportunity last time we talked about him. 
You went to counseling, supposedly. I don't think this time around he deserves any of my breath talking about his mental health. Well, we're not going to. I'm just going to point out, and I, I am not in a position to answer or speak to anything you said. What I'm just going to say is, look, he used mental health as a, as a thing last time. As an excuse. That, yeah, I don't know that we're going to give him that leeway this time. Although, look, maybe he is going through something. I don't know. Um, but I think he's going to need a little should bit. Be, I think he's going to need a little bit more than a week. This time. Right. As the last I'm going to say, he should have no. He should have no reason, no excuse, not to have the proper care that he should have, or the proper people around him. He's got enough access. He's got enough money. He's got. He's got enough lawyers and agents to put him in the right position to give him good counseling or provide him good therapists or psychiatrists. There's no reason for him not to have the right help around him. Some some folks out there don't have what he has. And they have to deal with community mental health centers. You know, God knows how, how difficult that is. So he has no excuse to be talking about mental health, knowing that he has so much money at his disposal, so much access at his, at his disposal. So there, there's no excuse whatsoever. But I think he was just using it to, it's one of those things that people, now people use this as a, if you bring up mental health, like you just can't question it. It's one of those things where it's like, right. it's, it's, oh, it's, it's my mental it's health. Uh, Don't oh, criticize well, it's, me. it's right. mental health. You can't criticize me anymore. Now it's so. It's. It, I think he was using it as that, and that's unfair. That's unfair. It, it's unfair that's to unfair. people that actually have that real actually mental health. have mental health. Exactly. It's unfair. You know, it's unfair. It's unfair to those people. Yeah. So that that's all we're going to say about that. We just wanted to bring that back up because we literally did an entire Jesus, thing on it, dude. If you're yeah, listening, I mean, like, somebody can ask someone, dude. Come on, man. Come on. Like, Don't yeah, tell me about your like, environment, about your posse, about your 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 clique. Get some help and get off social media, man. Jesus. Um, I don't know who's taking those videos, man. But Yeah, they're not friends. I know they're not friends. I don't know why he calls them, but they're not friends. <sighs> okay, so we're going to move on to something positive, right? Yeah, let's do that. This may be the best string of sports in the history of South Florida. I, I know... I over 40 years old, I don't remember a string of sports in South Florida. And again, we're a South Florida-based show for people that are not in Florida that are downloading us. And and you are doing it because we see you out there. Thank you. And uh, keep going. We In South Florida, we have not had a string like this before. The Panthers have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals, but at that time, the Heat had not made a run like this before, and the Dolphins stunk. They were mediocre at best, and the Marlins were a year or two away from their World Series. When the Marlins made it to the World Series, the Panthers stunk, and the Heat didn't make a deep run. They were eliminated, I believe, by the Knicks in 97. When the Marlins won their World Series in 2003, the Panthers were terrible. Uh, the Heat still had not become the culture and the consistent winner that they were yet. They were still being eliminated by the Knicks uh, on a consistent basis. Um, and the Dolphins were mired, mired in mediocrity. Uh, I think Ricky Williams was about to retire for the first time. And they were being eliminated in the first round of the, the playoffs. So this run that the Heat and the Panthers have had and the way that they are doing it 
as eighth seeds where nobody gave him a chance. Gives us a chance to talk about uh, something in mental health and sports, uh, mental toughness and perseverance. And it's an incredible thing these guys are doing. The Panthers came back from three to yeah. one against the greatest hockey team ever in the history of hockey. The the Heat beat the Bucks, which had the best record in the NBA, and they didn't. Yeah, the MVP down and the MVP, and we MVP, had sorry. a podcast on him. And then they go and they beat the Knicks, uh, a hated rival. You know, and they. Yeah. You know, if you ask me, they beat the refs too in the last game but you know whatever that's, that's a different that's a different, <laughs> that's different episode that's a different episode yeah it's a different episode um, yeah what's what his name scott foster shout out to scott, scott foster shout out to scott foster <laughs> the extender and uh, yeah. and and the panthers went and they beat the maple leafs who are a good team and they beat them in in five games where nobody thought that they could beat they could beat toronto and they they handily beat toronto you know, two of them were were in overtime, but still, like the the Panthers have won seven straight overtime games in the playoffs, dating back to last year, which is an incredible yeah. streak. Being an eighth seed in sports, you have everybody against you. You have people that are betters, professional betters. You know, people that that know. I'm gonna say, into you know, in parentheses, know what they're doing betting. You know, they 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 use stats and and odds and they put money against you. You have the fans that say. I'm going to cut myself in it. <laughs> I say, we're not going to go to the final, right? And we have the entire sports world saying the Heat won't do this. The Panthers won't do this. They are eight seed. You know, they are lucky they get to the first round. So you get all these naysayers and all these negative, you know, um, notes or, or, or vibes around you. And you go through that. You go through the teams and you go through, the, through everybody's discounting you and you make it even further than you actually people thought you were going. So they're going to end up both teams. You know, to the conference final when people were actually writing them off the playoff completely. So that's right. Yeah, and, and, and they're underdogs again. Toughness. I don't know what that is. Right. Yeah, that's they're right. still underdogs. They're still underdogs. The Celtics won today. They beat uh, they beat Doc Rivers, and we're going to talk about Doc Rivers in the next segment when we talk about yeah. coaches. Uh, but that was as predictable as the sun coming up in the morning. <laughs> yes, so they're the Heat are going to be underdogs to the Celtics, and the Panthers are going to be underdogs to the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, listen, that that might be a good thing. That might be a good thing because we're going to talk about mental th- mental toughness. I'm sure we're going to talk about resilience, right? And so, yeah, keep 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 us, you know, keep cutting us out, right? So it might be a good thing. Damn for us. right, damn right. So let's talk about mental toughness. I mean, I'm sure it's been around, but never never defined in the past. Well, the thing about the definitions is that the early conceptualizations of it uh, back in 82 and 86 uh, is when they sort of kind of started to conceptualize it. The early research, they found that 50% of athlete success was the mental ability contributed to athlete success, 50%. Right. And in the same year, 87 this particular study in wrestling, uh, wrestling coaches rated it as 82%, which is a crazy stat. I never considered wrestling. Yeah. 80% would be that high. And there's never a real set of definitions. I was going to say, right. But, but over the years, they've had all of these kind of characters, character, characteristics, and they've, you know, had one study had seven characteristics. One study had 
30 characteristics. Go ahead, but I'm going to find the, the one no, no, definition I, that yeah. I found. But I was going to say, so, so, so I, I, I think the issue, and I, I've been, I, I've done some, some readings on it. I think the, the, not a problem, but the, the complexity of defining mental toughness is that it's the, the, it's, the definition is very wide. It's very subject, subjective, right? Um, it might mean something different to that organization or this coach or this mental toughness coach and mean something completely different to that player. You know, I'm sure you're going to have something more specific, but mental toughness could be the ability of a player to get back up, right? To, to go through failures, but still be having a goal in mind and still, like, like Janice said last couple of weeks, we had an episode, like failure is part of sports. So if you are not mentally tough enough, you're going to let the failures drag you down. So being mental, mentally tough is accepting the fail, you know, quote unquote failures and keeping your, your goal, keeping your north. Uh, in front of you and go with your resilience and go forward toward that goal. And, uh, and I, and I, and I think in sports, there's, I, I, I'll challenge of telling me one sport I can or one, one sport team that, that has been only successful. That doesn't exist. You know, so those that have, have won, they've lost before. And, and, and I would argue they get, they got better after, after the loss. So that, that's that resilience part and that's keeping your north always forward. And always working with consistency and not letting things like 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 losses and, and, and defeat keeping you down. So, um, but I'm sure because it's so wide, the definition is so wide, it's been difficult to have um, you know measurements, right? Systematic measurements to measure how do you compare this player um, to that player you know, when it comes to mental toughness. So I think that's where the definition is a little bit shaky. And I know throughout the years. They've, they've tried to, to make it a set uh, um, definition. Well, the problem is even if you define it, the, the terminology is subjective. So for instance, in 2002, this is how they had a, a proposed definition. Right. Mental toughness is having the natural or developed psychological edge that enables athletes to, one, generally cope better than the opponents with the many sports demands, competition, training, lifestyle. Two, specifically more consistent and better than the opponents in staying determined, focused, confident, and in control under pressure. Tell me all of that isn't subjective, right? Like, how do you determine what focus is right. confident? What is confident? You know, how, how am I more confident than you are? I mean, look, listen to uh, uh, Matthew Kachuk speak in a post-game press conference, you know, right. after game after game four the game that the Panthers lost against Toronto, did he seem uh-huh. any more or less confident than, you know, Austin Matthews did, uh, you know, against the Leafs and what happened in game five, the Panthers won. So, you know what I mean? Like these things so are very I, subjective, I, I, but, but people actually, are saying that the, the, the Toronto wasn't tough enough. I, you know, you right. hear this on Twitter a lot. I'll give you an example. Um, Jimmy Butler, when he speaks to the media, he always says, always, I've never seen him say that he's going to lose. I always say, we're going to win. We will win right. the championship. We will, we will win the next game. We will win game seven. Always says that. This guy is confident beyond measures. Compare him to uh, Nick's favorite. I'm being, I'm being funny now. Compare him to Julius Randle. That guy, when he goes on the <laughs> media, he just mope and soap and, and he's down and out. And he says things like, maybe the Heat want it more than us. Oh. You know, so you'll be telling me, Right, he said that publicly. I should have, no, I should have clipped I mean, that. Yeah, we should have. You should have, you should have clipped that. So, 
subjectively, I, I could say, you know, I, I think comparing those two players, I could say Jimmy Butler seems to have a, seems to be better or more mentally tough than Julius Randle is because you, you, won't, you won't ever hear Jimmy Butler conceding that the Knicks want it more than he does. Right? Stephen A. Smith pointed this out, actually. He pointed out that when Julius Randle's shot is not falling, he mopes, you see that. he whines, body, his body language. language slumps. Right. Is that a mental toughness kind of thing? Well, I would argue yes. I would well, argue that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, you yeah. might. I mean, look, here's a definition from 2009. Uh, Kelly, who created a personal construct psychology of mental toughness, proposed this definition. And you're de- you decide whether or not this is a good definition. Quote, a collection of experientially developed and inherent sports-specific and sport-general values Attitudes, behaviors, and emotions that influence the way in which an individual approaches, responds to, and appraises both negatively and positively construed pressures, challenges, and adversities to consistently achieve, consistently achieve his or her goals. Doesn't that sound like Julius Randle, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds exactly like him, right? Exactly. So, sports right. general values, attitudes, behaviors, emotions influence the way in which the individual approaches, responds to, and appraises both negatively and positively construed pressures. That sounds just like him, yeah. right? So when his shot doesn't yeah, fall, yeah. he mopes. He doesn't get back on defense. Whereas no, Jimmy Butler's shot doesn't yeah. fall, he just goes back and he shoots another one. Right. Right? Right. And, you know, we're picking on Julius Randle only because he's a Nick and I hate the Knicks. He's, and and he's, a good exa- he's a good example. <laughs> he's also a good example. But, right. but yeah. And and I'm not look. I'm not the only one picking on. Stephen A. Smith is the biggest Knicks fan on the planet. And no, no, you don't have to be. You don't have, you, so. you don't have to be a critic on TV to see it. The guy, his body language tells you that yeah. he, he's got some confidence issue. Yeah. There's a reason that um, Drew Swindoll plays better at home than than, than away. He, when it, when he plays for the Knicks, he'll he'll, he'll score twenty plus points. When he <laughs> plays away, you can guarantee that he's not going to score as much. So. I'm not sure it's because the environment that he plays in reinforce, you know, his, his self his self confidence or self esteem. You know, I, one could argue that you know he needs to hear the chance to feel better or to feel like he's capable. You know, but um, Knicks fans are not that. You know, they're not that nice. So no, no I'm not sure not. what he's gonna do. I'm no. not sure because if he's gonna stay in, in, in with the Knicks and he's, he he doesn't have a good psychological coach or psychiatrist, you know, on the team, he's gonna have to work on his mental toughness to be no, to stay yeah. in New York. Yeah. Let me uh let me play uh on. let me play Eric Spolstra talking about the heat uh and the heat's mental toughness here real quick. Yeah. You know, having to go through the play in, it feels like we're going uh th- this is feels like this was the finish of our second round series. Um because of that play in, but uh you know, for what Whatever reason, and this is what you always hope for, uh, all these experiences have brought this team closer together, more connected. Um, and yes, uh, down the stretch, uh, it was just uh, um, you know an example of, of a lot of the adversity and fortitude um, that we've had to, to show. Um, you know, guys getting in foul trouble. And I was just one after another after another when Caleb went out, then Bam, and then Kyle. Uh, we we're just able to to stay stable, um, stay the course. Our, our guys are extremely mentally tough. Um, He's talking about injuries. 
one after another and our guys are staying stable and that's that was the definition of mental toughness is the adversity overcoming that um and then i'm going to play keith kachuk uh, i'm sorry keith kachuk matthew kachuk talking kachuk. about uh keith kachuk is matthew kachuk's awesome dad um matthew kachuk talking about the belief that they could beat the bruins and yes i realize this is a very south florida centric uh, these things are very South Florida centric. Hey. You're gonna have to get over this. I'm actually gonna play JJ Reddick talking about Akimolajo on here in a second, but f- right now we're we're gonna revel in the in the Panthers in the Heat. So this is this is Matthew Kachuk talking about beating the Bruins. You've been very confident all season and emphasized the belief that you have in this team. Just how would you describe that belief late in the third period mm-hmm. and then in overtime? Yeah, belief was there, and then once we got to overtime, I think we took over overtime like we did uh, in Game Five, like. Both overtime games we've played, uh, I think we've been the the better team, like the way better team in that. So, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, like, let's be honest, nobody in the, in the whole world thought we were going to win this series except for the guys in that room. So it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty cool feeling right now. Nobody in the world thought we were going to win except the guys in that room, right? It's the belief, the yeah. belief, the confidence. So it's, it's almost... It's, it's, it's almost it's almost like a I wouldn't say impossible but irrational belief. You have to believe, you know, despite the odds, despite the naysayers. You have to because if you if you really believe in what they say, then your performance you play like you you have no confidence. You play like you already lost. Um, so yes, I guess those those, those clips summarize exactly what mental toughness is. Despite everything, despite injuries, despite the odds, uh, despite what people are saying, you know. Um, despite the circumstances, you know, you still go through all, through, through it all, and you play like, you know, you, you, you want to win and you will win until you do. Yeah. So I want, I want to say that this, the Spolster clip right. is, uh, is, uh, courtesy of NBA TV and the Kachuk clip is, uh, courtesy of the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, let I me, mean, let me just add something that I've always heard people say, like coaches actually says all the time. I, I, right now, I don't, nobody comes to mind, but, they always say uh, physical attributes, physical athletes are everywhere. That's why people are playing basketball at Walker's Park in New York. Others are playing with the, with the Harlem Club Thotters and others are playing in the NBA because there's, there's that element. Forget about the physical uh, attributes, the, the, the talent. Forget about the, 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 the physical uh, um, fitness. But that one element of mental toughness or of, of, of you know, being methodical about your training, being you know, very consistent with the training throughout the years that separate the the, the superstars or the, or the professional athletes um, from the rest of the of, of people out there playing basketball. You know, semi-pro. That's right. Yeah, know. and and resilience has something to do with it. It's the ability to continue sure. and uh, you know continue and and persevere after Just after persevere failure your, your, and failure right, and failure. Right. It's what it's what Giannis was talking about uh, when we were talking about him. Right. You know, just the, the after failure to failure. I'm going to play JJ right. Reddick here talking about uh, Akeem Olajuwon and his journey. And this is from JJ Reddick does a podcast called The Old Man and and the Three Podcast. And this, that's what this is from. And he's talking about Akeem Olajuwon. For those that are old enough to remember Akeem Olajuwon, he won two NBA championships. But it took him a really long time, and this is J.J. Reddick running through his career and what it took to get there. 
I just want to take you through part of his career. 1985, Houston Rockets lose 3-2 to Utah in the first round. 1986, they lose in the NBA Finals. 1987, they lose 4-2 to Seattle in the second round. 1988, they lose in the first round to Dallas. In 89, they lose in the first round to Seattle. In 1990, they lose in the first round to the Lakers. In 1991, swept by the Lakers in the first round. 92, they don't even make the playoffs. 93, they lose 4-3 to Seattle in the second round. 1994, he's a champion. 1995, he's a champion. 31 and 32 years old. You go through all of this. LeBron, 27 when he first won. Steph, 27 when he first won. Jordan, 28 when he first won. Kobe, 30 when he first won a championship without Shaq. These things take time. It's part of the journey. It's part of the arc. Enjoy it. Perseverance, part of toughness, right? Could you imagine Akeem Olajuwon went through all those years and he could have just been like, you know, it's not going to happen. But, you know, he saw an opportunity. Jordan retired. He saw an opportunity and that was his opportunity. You know, people say... He lost, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan didn't retire. He probably would have won. But you know what? He did. <laughs> and other people. He did. It doesn't won. matter. No. It doesn't right. Matter. No, exactly. No, he, he was the one who won. You know, what about the, the other people? He didn't win. The right. other people didn't win that year. So, you know, and it takes it takes a while and you got to keep fighting. And that's that's the perseverance that's part of the response to the, the failure over time. Yeah, he could have quit. He could have said, Jesus, I'm not going to win. You know, I'm going to stop trying. And he would have just stopped and be demoralized. Do you see all the uh, head coaches that have been fired this year? In the oh, last like oh boy, last week, uh, I, I'd like to read the contracts, man. Like I'm so eager to read the contracts because it, I don't know. Can you imagine if people get fired like that that easily in, in real world? Look, I don't have a problem with people getting fired, with coaches getting fired. The issue here is that these coaches were like coaches of the year. So They're great coaches. They're really good coaches. These are so Mike. Who's fired? It was, um, I'm looking at this list. It was Budenholzer, right? Right. Won a championship two years he ago. He also won the coach of the year. And he was coach of the year. Last year? He would, in uh, 18 to 19, in 19. 19. And then Monty Williams was just fired Saturday, yesterday. And he was coach of the year last year, uh, the year before uh, last year. Yeah. Last yeah. year, last year, and he went to the finals. And really he went won. to the finals. Nick Nurse was fired, and he won he, a, championship, he a championship. And he was coach of the year, the, the year he won the championship, right? But, no, he got the championship in 2019 and the following year. And they the following kept him off, you see. So, you see the irony? He won a champ- he won a coach of the year in 2019. Obviously, they kept him on salary. And the, the, the year after that, he won a championship. He won a championship, and then he was fired. And then D'Antoni was fired. Vogel was fired. And he won a championship with the Lakers in the bubble. Right. Well, D'Antoni has been fired a lot in his career. Like, a few times. Correct. But he also won Coach of the Year in 2017 with Houston. Right. And and Toronto was fired two Coaches of the Year with them. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I, Gwen Casey. Gwen Casey, too. Casey or so, Gwen Casey, yeah. So the I mean, next one on I mean, the list so is Tom so, Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau I, I was one coach of the year. So he's yeah. he's next that, on the chopping block. That's a, fair, that's a fair prediction. <laughs> that's a fair out. prediction. That's a fair the, prediction. The point I'm trying to make here is, and also Mike Brown. Who won Coach Mike of the Year? Who won this year? Who won this year? So yeah. you guys are on. You guys are on. You guys are on uh, a hot seat, right? But right. the point I'm trying you know, to make here that? is somebody said that. I, I think um, who said was it? Some coach was Doc Rivers said. Um, actually, yesterday I think he said his advice to coaches, you know, is to not win Coach of the Year. Was it Doc Rivers said that? One of the coaches said that. that's great to advice because you're going to be fired. Do not win it. <laughs> also, also Doc Rivers' advice is don't be he up might. three one and and. In series in the playoffs, that's also right. Doc Rivers because you're gonna <laughs> because you're gonna blow it. But you're gonna blow it. yeah, <laughs> the point the point here is, where do you see in the public someone who wins employee of the year in whatever field that they win in whatever field that they're in, and then the next year or the year after, or or even they they win employee of the year. And also, then, the greatest achievement that they can achieve in their field, right. and also employee of the year in the field, whatever job that they do, and then the year after, the year after that, gone. Sorry, thank you for your service. See you later. Where, well, where do you have well, that? In the, the a lot of time world? in. in- in, in in the real world, a lot of time, depending on the contracts, obviously, but a lot of time people go to litigation because for, for for wrongful termination, right? A lot of time people say, "I don't know why I'm getting fired," and the lawyer says, "Listen, there should you should have been on probation. You should have been told that you're probation. You should have been told, you know, preemptively what you were doing wrong, so they fired you. You know, you, you can't be usually you can't be fired without knowing what you're doing wrong. You're doing poor you do performance." Something. Poor performance. Somebody have to, somebody have to tell you 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 be doing probation, right? Or you know they, they tell you, listen, if you keep going that route, we won't retain you, right? Um, they write you up a few times, a couple of times, a third time, and I say you're terminated. That that's how it should be, I believe. But I don't know when you play when you when you go into the world of sports and you get contract for five million dollars a year. I don't know actually how much you get paid, but. You get contract, you get, get get salaries like that, and I'm, I'm not sure why the contracts say that they can be fired with no cause. I mean, I would sign that contract. <laughs> Look at me. Well, <laughs> any contract has that. Like insurance contracts have that. Like I'm in private practice, and my insurance contract says I can be the contract can be terminated without cause, and so. Well, there's also wrongful termination sometimes. There's, no, there's not in that contract. I mean, you can litigate, but it says the contract says. Can be terminated by either either party. I can terminate it too, if I want to. Yeah. So, but, but, but I think we try. I, I think we, we we're drifting away into the legality of it. But I, I think honestly, I think in sports, I don't think it's about performance. But forget about the performance. But of course it is. They're firing him because they're firing no. these guys because they lost in the playoff. No. So here here's my hot no. take. Here's what I wrong. think is going on. So the, the coach is not playing on the floor. They cannot fire the player. Here, they, can, they cannot fire the superstar. Uh, okay, so your take Somebody, is that the some, reason they're firing the coach is because they can't fire the players? The reason they're firing the coach is because they have to point a finger at somebody for to appease the fan. They, there's got to be change. You cannot, I mean, I'm guessing in the in the owner's or GM mindset, they cannot show up next year with the same coach and the same team. Something has to give. 
either you either you, you terminate your players, which you cannot do, or trade them, which you cannot do right now, or you say, hey, sorry, you're going to have to fall. You know what you're signed up for. You know? But you know it's a that, contradictory thing, right? You're like, oh, the coach is so great. He won coach of the year, and now he's he's terrible. I can't precisely. Get rid of him. But that's so precisely. stupid, right? That's ridiculous. Precisely, the irony is precisely that's no. that's how unfair it is. Here's that's what fair enough, here's what I think is that's happening. how crazy he is. Here's mm. here's the psychology of what I think is happening here. I'll tell you exactly what's happening. This is this is this is a classic Dimitri knows all. This is what my wife says. <laughs> Dimitri, you know every, oh, you think boy. you know everything. I know exactly what's happening. Let me tell you exactly what's happening. Coach of the Year is an overachievement award. Okay? That's what Coach of the Year is. It's nothing more than that. It's when a team is expected to do nothing, and then they overachieve, and then they give the coach that award because the team wasn't expected to do what they did. And then it's like, oh my God, look at these crappy players that this coach put together and did all of these great things. And he must be a fantastic coach. We're going to give him coach of the year because we didn't expect this bunch of scrubs to put it together like this. And they did it. And therefore, it must be this coach because we didn't think these guys could do this. That's what's so happening. Eric Spotra should be Eric Spotra should be coach of the year every year. That's what you're saying. Hang the on. guy's playing with undrafted players, that, with bench that, players every single a, year. Actually, actually, I, I I do think that, but okay, I do think that it's it's, it's the same it's the same thing that LeBron should be MVP every year. But you're not going to give LeBron MVP every year because it's boring. Jordan should have been MVP every year, but you. But they stopped doing it after like four years in a row because it's like, yeah, we get Jordan, of course, is the MVP, but let's give it to someone else because if we keep giving it to Jordan, like it's boring. Like we, we understand that Jordan is the MVP. It's, we get LeBron as the MVP every year. Like you take LeBron off of the Lakers, the Lakers are a lottery team. Do you understand? Yeah. Of course, he's yeah. the MVP, but we can't give it to LeBron every year. So yes, that, I, I, it's the most valuable player. LeBron is literally the most valuable player in the NBA every year. There is nobody else. I'm sorry, Jonas, no, no, you're not the most valuable he took, player. He he's took not. Cleveland and won a championship with them. So yeah. Yes, he's the most valuable player. LeBron is. Okay. So yes, Spolstra should be coach of the year every year. Okay. And I'm not yes, even saying, I'm not, I'm not, I'm a Heat fan. I know I'm biased, whatever. Screen. But he should. But he he should be. He's playing with okay. undrafted players. But back to my point. So it's an overachievement award. So you, we didn't expect you to do this. You did it. We're going to give you Coach of the Year. Now, why do they get fired? Okay. So now we think you're some genius that took a bunch of scrubs and turned them into this great group of players. Great. Now you got expectations, Bob. Right? Now we expect you to do something with these guys. Look at you, genius man. And now you want a championship. Some of them do, some of them don't, right? Now you want a championship. You must be a genius. And you got, we realized that you got a good player, right? You know, uh, Nick Nurse had Kawhi, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kawhi, um, yeah, yeah. And Larry. Um, and Budenholzer has Giannis. Um, Vogel, he won with LeBron, right? So these guys, now you got a great player, right? So now you got expectations, right? So now you got expectations. And now you go into the playoffs and you don't win. 
So now what happens? We had expectations for you, genius man. What happened? You blew it. And now we're mad at you, not at the players, at you, because we thought you were a genius, but clearly you're not a genius. Yeah. And now you're fired. That's what's going on here. It's it's the burden of, of, of overachievement and then expectations and then the underachievement because he was never a genius and he and he overachieved because yeah, sports okay. is about luck sports is about luck and opportunity and things happen and i got a clip about jj reddick and that too but i get it but but likewise we, we, they should have a, a, a word for worst coach of the year because some coaches are, are you know effing bad um but i you made me think about something that you know um, Steve Kerr, there was a season Steve Kerr had, he had, you know, he had, he had, he had Steph Curry, he had Clay Thompson, he had uh, Drummond Green, he had a great team. The, the team that won, I'm, I'm, I forgot how many games, like 68 games, something like that, I forgot. 72. Or 70, 70, 70 73, games the year. actually, they won 73. And, and the following year, he had, Steve Kerr had a back injury, he couldn't coach three quarters of the, of the, of the, of the season. Luke Walton, which was like, Retired a few years prior and was on the, on the, on the coaching staff, became the, the coach for the, for the season. Meaning, Sitka did not coach, you know, maybe a, a quarter of the, of the, of the season. He still won coach of the year, by the way. Because the team, the team had a, you know, incredible, you know, season. So Steve Kerr, not coaching, won coach of the year. My point is, the players are the reason the, 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 the team either loses or the team wins. You know, the coach, he just, the coach actually just, he's there as a facilitator. The well, okay. Well, the then Spolstra shouldn't ever win coach of the year then. No, no. There's level to it. Coach has, coach has nobody. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be playing in the playoff. They should not be in the playoff right now. So he's done they something, right? Playoff. He's done something, right? Okay. But you can compare, you cannot compare the, 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 the team that he has right now to the team that, you know, Golden State have, or, or the Bucks have, or for that matter, um, um, you know, no, a, a basketball coach does a lot more than, than, I mean, look, I you're making my point for me. Actually, is the players do a lot, a lot, but it's the burden of overachieving because the idea that what what you think you have because the analysts. And the talking heads say, well, these guys stink, but they're actually a lot better than you think they are. And they coalesce and get together on a team. And now they're saying, well, it must be the coach that put all these guys together. And now there's this expectation, but maybe these guys just had a good year or they just weren't as good as you think they are, or they just overachieved. And now you think the coach is the one that helped put them together. And then the coach overachieved. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's a expectations versus reality thing. And now you've got okay. this guy and this this is this goes beyond sports and it's something that I do with patients in in my office too. It leads to happiness. It's a happiness equation. If you got a guy who you think is a genius coach or a good coach and you think he won a championship, he's a, he's a star coach, he's got coach of the year and then he comes in and the next year he just doesn't do it or he, he, he appears to screw it up like Budenhoser did where he didn't put yeah. his best big man in against Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Your reality is less than your expect is, is lower than your expectations. 
and so, so you're fine. So what what, what I what I, I understand what you're saying. What what I don't what I don't really like is that for an owner or for a general manager, their coach seems to be really good this year and really bad the following year. At least give him a couple of years. If Ex Poultra, if Pat Riley wasn't was not that patient with Poultra, he would have been fired in some was different GM he would have been fired. There's no doubt. Yeah. Poultra would have been fired with, with, with the with the big three. Yeah. But they stuck with them. They stuck with them. They believe in them. They empowered him. They let him do his thing. Because like Janice said, you know, failure is part of the journey. Or not failure, but let's say losses are part of the journey. So my point is, it seems to me, the way it looks like, when the team wins, everybody's great. The coach is great. The MVP is good. Everybody's good. But when the team loses, the first, the first finger you can, you can point at is a coach. We got to do something. We got to do something because the fans are upset. Let's fight a coach. Right? It's, it's the easiest way. It's, 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 uh, to me, it's like it's more of a PR management thing than, uh, than the actual X's and O's in coaching. Thing. Some coaches are really, really bad. Some coaches are bad because, you know, they're really bad. They, they, they always put on the league or whatever. But there's 30 coaches in the, in the league. 30 coaches. They cannot all be, you know, MVP or coach of the year. One has to come to the year because they're, they're good. That warrants them a few following years to prove themselves. How many years? You know, I, I, I don't know, but I, I would I would even go further. I, I I wonder. I know there's an NBA player association. I wonder if there's a coach association because there, there should be some bylaws that if you win coach of the year, because I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my reasoning. The players when they win awards, they get um they get accepted into possibly getting a max contract. So for example, John Moran, you know his name comes up again. He won't be eligible for max contract next year because he did not make first NBA team. Or any NBA team for that matter. So my point is, awards do matter for contract issues, for contract, uh, um, you know, details and 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 and, uh, and salary um, implication. For the coaches, I don't understand why coaching of the year should not protect you for following year, at least one following year. If you, if I win coach of the year, I should have at least up one or two years protected. If not, that that award is is, is bananas. It's just a piece of paper. It is meaningless. You know? It's meaningless. So, so you, you get my point, right? Why, why, why do awards have meaning for players for the salary in the contract and for the coaches? It doesn't mean anything. Like I can win because it's a players' league. And next, I get fired. It's a players' league. <laughs> it's always been a players' league. So okay, so, so you're yeah, so gonna, you're I'm, the G. Fine. So you you're make the my GM. Point for me. You're you're the GM of the Bucks. What do you do this year? You lost. You lost uh, to the I, eighth seed. Heat on a play where Brooke Lopez should have been in the game, and Jimmy Butler no, doesn't I mean, make they, that play, and they they win that they win game five. They go back to Miami. Ways about it. If I was a GM, you know, I, I I would hate to have you know rumors or or whatnot. I would in a press conference, I would actually say it out loud that we had Janice was injured. That's one of the reason that we lost a game or two, and the coach needs to put himself on, next man. year. No, 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 but. but uh, as a GM, I would say it. I, I would say it. I'll say our coach needs to prove himself next year. And our coach will be on a we-will-see basis. Let's evaluate. Let's not overreact. Let's see if it's not going to progress next year. Then we'll touch this contract you know, further. And if I'm There's the no owner, I fire that. you. Because <laughs> that's nonsense. But, but, but <laughs> there's, no wrong in saying, there's no wrong in saying that our coach needs to prove himself. There's no wrong in saying that. 
At least you notice, but she's there. But there's no one saying Mike Rozer needs to, you know, put himself. And, and by the way, parenthesis, did you know that during the during the series, his brother died? Did you, did you read that? Yeah, before? I know that. His brother yeah. died in a car accident. Okay. Yeah, I know that. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm saying that there's a few things that he did not do during the, during the series. He didn't do any adjustments. He never double teamed um, Jimmy. I'm not saying that's the reason he didn't do it. I'm saying there's 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 a possibility. There's a you know, it's not unfathomable that his his head was not in the game because he was doing his brother dying in a car accident. It's not impossible. So because of that, you cannot as a team. Well, if I was a PR guy for it, I said like I think it's the wrong time to find a coach right now. He brother just died in a car accident. And Monty Williams. And that's what I would have said. Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Who hasn't He's won a great anything? Coach. He's a who great hasn't won coach. anything? He's a great coach. He went to the finals. He's a great coach. He lost. He lost this year with Kevin Durant, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. No, no. So, so fair enough. They give him time. When, when did he win? Coach of the Year last year. Um, he won last year, right? Coach of the Year. I think he did. Was it last year? Might have been. Possibly. Yeah. I gotta look it up again. Yeah, Monty Williams won in twenty twenty two. Coach of the year. Okay. So, and and then now you give him Kevin Durant, you give him um, Booker, and they don't win. Then that that's a fair argument. You cannot have Kevin Durant and not go further than that. I agree. That's a that's a compelling argument. Like you you won Coach of the year last year, and then I give you the one of the best players in the league, and you still cannot go over the hump. That's a fair argument. Okay. So Monty that Williams, I, you would fire. I, I, I wouldn't okay. fire him, but I wouldn't. I would understand why you get fired. I would understand. You can't. You yeah. can't not win more with Kevin Durant. Okay, so we we have come to an agreement, but I I still think it's a, and and the reason I bring it up is because from a mental health perspective, I tell my patients if your reality doesn't meet your expectations, you're going to be unhappy, and I think that's sort of what's happening here a little bit is when reality doesn't meet expectations. It's the happiness equation. Reality divided by expectations or reality minus expectations. If your expectations are way up high, way up high, just really, really high. And they're it's not they're not gonna be they're you're just you know, if you think you're gonna be a billionaire and you know, you have a job at Publix, you know what I mean, and you don't have a realistic way of getting there, you're gonna generally be unhappy and unless you're psychotic. <laughs> but you know what I mean like there's there there has to be a tempering of expectations to measure reality sure. or else you're going to end yeah. up unhappy um, and a lot of the times the people come in and, and they're complaining about being unhappy and they're looking for an antidepressant to make yeah. them happy yeah. it, it, and it's, it's a matter it's just of situational. expectation right. management here um, but, and but and listen, that's what I think the, the, is happening here with these coaches is, you know, look, Budenhoser was supposed to beat the A seed. That was the expectation. And they lost to Jimmy yeah. Butler. And they didn't. And that's why I'm worried for Tom Thibodeau. Because everyone in New York listen, was expecting to beat the Heat. And they shouldn't have expected it. But they were. My, my words. Yeah. It's either going to be Thibodeau out or... or you know, that's fine. Try to... Thibodeau or who's the other one that's... Uh, it's uh, Mike Brown. It's Mike, Mike, Mike Brown, I think, is going to have a leash because Sacramento was the most exciting team this year. I think he's going to have a leash uh, because of what he's, he's going to have a couple of years. He's going to have some years. You're making my point. That's right. He's going to have a couple of years because next year, um, you know, they just ran into the Golden State. 
Golden State, you know, they should have beaten Golden State. And he was a great series. He was a great great series. They have the best offense in the league. He's going to, if he, but, but, but. There were no blowouts. There were no blowouts, Doc Rivers. There were no blowouts. But if they don't win next year, we may be having a show on this next year about Mike Brown. Ultimately, these coaches will be fine, man. Like, they they had enough money to, you know, to, to. to cry and, and, and dry their tears with. Come on. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They're, they're, yeah. Their ego might be hurt, but they'll be fine. Listen, we're talking about regular people here. You know, Can you imagine if you if you won Doctor of the Year? Doctor and of the, the Year. year and, and you won whatever. What is There is no Doctor Award for champion. There's no championship for doctoring. No, but you, you you get an award like in, in you know in any chapter like let's say Florida or whatever chapter of psychiatry whatever it is, doctor then, of the year. Whatever. And then your hospital just fired you the next year just because you know you yeah. didn't bring in enough money for the hospital or something. You're like, sorry, Steph. You know, like you underperformed our uh, collections this year. Thanks for your service, and you can go take that trophy and put it on your wall. Hanging somewhere know. else. Hanging in a different <laughs> hospital. Go, go, go hang it in the other hospital's office. Like, come on, man. Like, that's so ridiculous. That's tough. It's just, that's it's tough. ridiculous. And then, and then some guy in a podcast is like, well, he's a doctor. He makes plenty of money. He can go cry in his, in his <laughs> bank account. Listen up, it's Dr. Bick and Dr. DeGrasse Mental Health Tip of the Day. Alrighty then, Mental Health Tip of the Day, brought to you by absolutely nobody, (laughs) once again. But we're always looking forward to somebody picking up the slack for us. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow and And rate us. Give us us, uh, feedback. Uh, right. Answer the questions on Spotify. And yeah, if we're not gonna get sponsors, if nobody will sponsor us, our listeners will actually rate us, and and you know that could help us. Yes, and, and tell us what you think. Tell us that you hate us. It's fine. Uh, tell us yeah. what you want changed. We'll, we're always up for for positive and and negative feedback so that we can be better. But anyway, if you if you like it, share it. You know, also share it. That's right. If you like it, share it. Hit us up on Twitter, Psych Effect Pod. Hit us up on Instagram. We will repost you. We will repost. We will. We will repost, and we will answer you. Uh, Instagram, Psych Effect Pod. We're also on Facebook now. We are on LinkedIn too. We're on Twitter and and YouTube, and YouTube. YouTube coming soon. We will at some point soon. At some point soon, show our faces. Because I know yeah. that's exactly what you want, is to see our faces. <laughs> anyway, it is mental health tip of the day time. So, the what mental health have? tip of the day today is, I get asked a lot in my office if it's possible at a certain age, when you're a little older, whether or not you can actually change your personality. And the answer to that is yes, yes you can. And I don't know if this is so much of a tip as an answer to that question but 
the way you do that is you have to accept the fact that you are ready for that change. So I guess the tip is, if you do want to change, you have to accept that you're ready for that change. And I think that is the hardest thing for some people to do is that they can change because after a certain amount of years on of life, 40, 50, sometimes 60 years, and usually it's at that age when I get this question, you've had 40, 50, 60 years of practice to be the way you are. It's not going to take a month or two or three or four or even six to eight or nine months to change that behavior. It's going to take a really long time. But if you put in that effort and you put in that work and you choose to be different, you can actually make that change and change your behavior, change the way you view things. And it will come. So that is your tip. Yeah, I would just say it's not an easy task. Obviously, you, you cannot you know, said it beautifully, it's not an easy task. And to that end, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to change your entire life or personality or behavior alone. You can find help, you can go to therapy. Some people sometimes, they, they try to hire a life coach. Those people tend to help you. They won't tell you how they want you to be, but they will help you achieve the goal that you want for yourself. Meaning if you wanna change that behavior, then they'll help you out. And you don't have to go through it alone. That's what I'm going to add. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. And we will see you guys next time. Next time, we'll see John O'Wink with another gun. <laughs> I hope not, man. I mean, the, I the, odds, the odds are... I thought I was done with the rant, but the odds are pretty high, right? All right. No more ranting. We'll see you guys. Bye. See ya. The previous podcast represented the individual opinions of Dr. Dimitri Bick. Dr. Stefan de Graaf and the guests. It should not have been taken as medical advice or an establishment of standard of care. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.